funny thing happened to Omar on his way to freedom. Hey, you one of the refugees? Yes. Fate took a detour. What's your name, pal? Omar. Right, Omar. Don't pull up shite or, like, rape anyone, right? Okay. Do you want to lift back up to town, pal? Now he's stuck in limbo. What would you do if they let you stay? I would like to wear suit and work in office. I was taking a chance to make life better. I want to play for Chelsea Football Club. Ha! One wrong step and they would deport us. You ever think about who you were before all of this? I cannot be myself back home. In Syria, very famous. Maybe a little. Maybe I could be your agent. Like Tom Cruise of Jerry Maguire. movie podcast where my husband and I talk about the movie we watched the night before. But in today's case, tonight's oh, case... You jumped right to the spoiler. What? You jumped right to the spoiler. Yeah. Oh, but you also say we go... We go we to go a brewery. We go to a local spot, brewery or coffee shop. Or coffee shop. And, and share we talk thoughts about share thoughts. Let's just do the intro together tonight. No, this is good. All right, ready? Let's say it together. No, we've already done it. <laughs> Sorry, rolling. Jimmy, do it again. No, but what's the plot twist? Plot twist. It's not the next day. We watched the movie today. This is a special Mother's Day episode because I thought it would be fun to record an episode on Mother's Day, and we went to a movie as one of our Mother's Day activities. So this is the night of podcast. So this is the night of podcast tonight. So, um... Here we are. At so we, a, yeah. So ahead. well, so we saw the movie Limbo today in, in the, the Tampa theater. theater Tampa which theater. Was awesome. We posted a few pictures on our Instagram at Night Before Podcast. It's our name. But two two things. Yes, it's we we thought about kind of just acting like it was the next day. But Mother's Day is on a Sunday. And we also looked at the logistics of the thing. We wanted to talk about this movie, which we haven't talked about it since seeing it a couple yeah. hours ago. But we also knew the reality on Monday night, either Monday morning, we're going off to work. Not, we'd have to get up super early for coffee to go talk about it, which I think would be kind of neat for a It's a possibility, a but not episode. tomorrow. It's not a possibility for tomorrow. Not for tomorrow. And we knew maybe Monday night, after work, it could happen, but we didn't want to let it slip away because even though we might be a little loose with this rule of doing it the night of instead of the night from the night before the next day, no way would we do it like two days later or three days later. No, definitely not. And I feel like because it's Mother's Day, we can make an exception. Yeah. Um, so, to so, get, yeah, so to get an end of the evening. Nightcap. Nightcap to wind down the weekend. And to talk about the movie, our thoughts, we are at a location in Tampa, Florida, called <laughs> Circa 1949. Beer Garden. It's, it's like a, a beer, beer garden. garden. They're not a brewery. It's not a brewery. It's not a bar. Um, it has a beautiful patio, and um, it's a place we like to come a lot, really, after work sometimes on Fridays. But... Um, it's a really nice night out, so we thought we'd sit outside here, and, and plus they're open kind of late for a Sunday, so. 
Yeah, it's hard to find places. Sunday nights. That isn't just like a dive bar somewhere that's going right. to be open all night. So um, it's nice. There's a fountain, unique, a yeah. fountain as a centerpiece to this little beer garden area. So you might hear the fountain running in the background. A couple folks talking in the background. So that's where we're at. And I think I got myself a Spacegrass IPA. From Angry Jair, local Tampa. Local Tampa Brewery. I got myself, I can't remember the brewery, and I don't have the menu in front of me, but um, it's an IPA. It's called By My Side, mm. and it is really good. It's very different tasting. I, um, I'll Double dry hop, they say. I'll fact check the brewery it's from. Double dry hop. Yeah. Yes, Double we, dry hop, We thought yes. before kind of winding down for the night, we would grab a drink, talk about this limbo movie we just saw. And um, and go from there. And so, yeah, so we are breaking the rules. It is, it is the night of, not from the night before, but I think it's fine. And another special thing about our movie today was that I mentioned it before. We went to the Tampa Theater, um, one of the oldest theaters, well, the oldest theater in Tampa. It's um, a lot of fun to go to because it's right downtown. It's local. It's um, really ornate inside of it. And I loved that because of COVID, it was closed for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely are people that, when possible, we really like to throw our money at local yeah, establishments, really like local theater. theaters, whatnot. But a unique thing about it is when we get there, love this, they always have um, an organ, a guy playing the organ on stage. Yeah. Is that just the organ or is it something else? No, this is like a big yeah, fancy organ. Yeah, it's just organ. a big organ. And that's kind of the pre-show entertainment rather than doing previews and whatnot. Um, he just sits up on the stage and plays the organ. And it's um, it's really unique and fun. And that's fun. And then when he's done, it, he sinks down into oh, the yeah. stage. Oh, yeah. When he's done, it just he just sinks, disappears into the stage. And we happen to have, because it's Mother's Day, my two teenagers mm-hmm. with me, us, and um, giving them so a little culture, like to kind of expose the gift of them culture and exposure to what's unique about Tampa, yeah, as well. Unique, so. yeah, everything's not an AMC movie theater or right. uh, or a movie with people with capes flying around saving <laughs> the universe, right? But no, I will say this I have a love hate relationship with Tampa theater, maybe not love hate's the right word, a love slash. You know, like disappointment with Tampa Theater. I want it to be so much more. It's a cool spot. And maybe it's partly me. Like, every time I go there, I'm like, man, I got to see more movies at Tampa Theater. And we see a lot over time, but we don't see a ton of films there. I mean, now I'm talking pre COVID. The films that they play now are bad. Remember for a while there, they just weren't playing anything. That's what I mean. It's like, I'm always thinking, it is, is it better now? Is, is it me or is it you? Is like my relationship with Tampa Theater. Like, am I not giving some of the films they're picking a chance? Are I think we picking? haven't checked as much because lately when I was looking for Mother's yeah. Day or just in general something to do, I see a lot of good films that they're putting out right now. Um, but for a while there when we would look, we remember we were kind of like, who mm-hmm. is in charge of... Yeah, who's, who's, who's curating this stuff? Who's, who's curating who's the films because it? it was just not a great selection. But now I, I really think they've stepped it up but we've had a lot of good experience we've seen authors remember when we went and saw that author george saunders yeah george saunders there that was a really cool experience and um and we've seen some cool movies there but i don't think we've been there since isle of the dog for a film isle of the dogs 
the Wes Anderson film. We have not seen a film there since then, yes. You're right. And granted, COVID's happened. I'm going to say this last thing about Tampa Theater. I, I kind of like Tampa Theater post-COVID because it is, a, it is a very nice, ornate, old theater. But part of the problem is there when you get there, you kind of have to like sort of maneuver where you want to sit. Well, because it's old, the, all the seats are kind of really close together. They're close together. And often over the years, you know, someone sits down in front of you, even if they're like two rows in front of you, they're just the way look. the theater's set up. Mm-hmm. You have a person, right, unfortunately, right, right behind you, right in front of you. You can't even see. And you either have to decide, do I move? But then... You don't want to create that problem for other people. Right. So you're looking behind you and you're like, if I move here, it's going to mess up that. I'm doing the same problem. So now because of social distancing, they have like certain rows marked off. COVID has solved that problem. And it's like ideal, ideal viewing experience. So the one, my one complaint with Tampa Theater was the stress of finding a good seat and not having someone block you. Now that's gone because every seat is perfect while they have well they have certain things for, sectioned off. And I do like the order from an app on your phone and, and they, they do this and then cool go get your your snacks because Yeah, your concessions. It definitely never was that. And because it's an old theater, they have like two people working at concession stand and if you were there in a busy yeah, crowded thing, it kind of w- you kind of had to plan that, like, to stand in line for a little while. Yeah, so this is, so like, also pseudo, somewhat problem. movie theater review episode. Right. I mean, we we love Tampa Theater. But we like going to the old theaters when we can. So it, it was a good, I think, a, first off, good theater experience, even amongst, like, COVID standards. Like, they did a temperature check at the door. You wear your mask most of the time in the building. Right. But still really pleasant. Mm-hmm. So it's good. And there wasn't a lot of people there. Not at all, no. But that's might be typical for a movie like Or on Limbo. Mother's Day. Maybe that's not something a lot of people do on Mother's Day. I don't know. Well, I don't think Limbo is, you know, Limbo cranking the tickets. Limbo is the top pick. I really wanted to see something fun and quirky. When we watched the trailer of Limbo, it seemed... Presented which, itself. Yeah, which if you haven't if you haven't seen this movie, we'll say for the listeners, watch the trailer. We, we're not going to really. One, I don't think there's a ton to, a ton that you can really spoil in this movie. No. But we're not going to go through all the spoilers. We're going to talk about it. Right. A bit. But if you watch the trailer, even if you haven't seen, I think you're safe to listen. Well, I thought um, it would be a good movie. But the trailer does present one thing. For my two teenage boys to watch with us, because uh, for various reasons, I don't know if I was a hundred percent. Right on that? No, I think you are. I think you got to let them sit with it. I do. I They have to let them sit with it. However, I thought it was going to be... reaction is, hated it. <laughs> they didn't love it because it was... Well, we'll talk about what reasons. But I did expect it to be slightly more funny and quirky than it actually was based on the trailer. But I'm going to say something to you. What? I'm glad it wasn't what the trailer presented. Because that is one of my problems I have with this movie tonally. The first half versus the second half of this film. Mm -hmm. The first half is a misrepresented version of the film, too, like the trailer is, but in a whole other direction. It goes in a different direction. I think if it was, even though I was hoping for, thinking it would be like a quirky, 
um, a quirky. Sorry, we're getting a little distracted. There is a, a, There's a cat. A stray that cat we running think around. Might be. No, I think. Mice. No, he's getting. Not. He's getting. Know. It's getting spooked by the cars on the highway. Or it's just eating crumbs from the baby shower that was here previously. Yeah, the, right before we started recording yeah. this baby shower. Sorry to interrupt. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so the trailer is quirky. It looks like we mentioned Wes Anderson a few minutes ago, the director, who's done things like Rushmore, The Royal Tenenbaums, um, mm -hmm. and Isle of Dogs and the Darjee Unlimited, like a number of films, and he has a very set look and style. The yeah. trailer, and even at times the film, makes it look like a Wes Anderson film. With the colors, how they um, set their scenes, how they set everybody. You know, like people are standing in different depths and you know, the way they, they stage and organize the right. placement of mm -hmm. actors. Um, it felt, um, uh, by the trailer, and even when the movie started, like, ooh, is this somewhat of a Wes Anderson ripoff in style? And it's not at all. No. Which that was re refreshing. But this might also explain its current Rotten Tomatoes ratings. It has a pretty high rating, right? Yeah, it's like, as of this recording, a 93% mm -hmm. critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. User review, the people who see the film, it's in the 50s. Okay, that makes sense. So it's like, critics love it, people hate it, but maybe, like you said, maybe part of the reason is... It makes is sense, it doesn't, like, if you are you think you're going into one thing, and you get a little bit of that, but it's not really what you're going into. You know? I agree. And based on the trailer, for anybody who's unaware... It might be many of you. Limbo is the story of a handful of male refugees from various countries mm -hmm. hanging out in limbo, if you will, in purgatory, in an in a small remote island. It's like it's like a high. It's like a holding area yep. for refugees, basically. Off, off, but off it's the coast of Scotland. Scotland. So it's set in Scotland. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's actually filmed in Scotland, but it's it supposed to be. Like it. I mean, I've never been to Scotland. No, but the but stuff you see of Scotland among, like, northern right. Scotland. It seemed like it was. I researched. We haven't done any research, well, really. Because we just saw it. We just saw it. Um, but it, it looked as if it was in Scotland. Um, but it's like a holding area for refugees, except it's very isolated. There aren't. Well, it's just about. Four of them? Five of them? Well, no, there's like 20 oh, total. there's 20 altogether, and they're in these the film, kind of like spaced out housing The, the film focuses areas. on four of them. Right. We focus more on four, but we see the other 20 in like a um, class. It's so like a cultural awareness, cultural assimilation awareness type class to learn, mm -hmm. to learn Western customs. Mm -hmm. And so that's right. the movie. And so it's... The main character's name, Omar, who's Syrian, it mainly focuses on him. And he's just sort of not a silent protagonist, but he's a quiet protagonist, mm -hmm. almost expressionless protagonist. Yes. And um, you're just seeing it all 
from his perspective. It's funny. He's expressionless. However, and somewhat during most of the movie, emotionless, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, because of that dead emotion, mm -hmm. it's you actually feel more emotion for him. Well, it's clear he's bottling right. All you his feel turmoil. the inside of his emotion, even though he's not showing the emotion because yeah. of his quiet, kind of um, suppressed yeah nature. And everybody here, they're just sitting. They're waiting. They're waiting to see if they'll be granted asylum into the country. They're waiting for a letter to show up. Yeah, and in the mail. What a, one of two things is going to happen for people there. They're either going to get their letter of asylum and be accepted into the country, or they will be deported and picked right. up and deported. Both yeah. things happen to people within this film. And the reason why Omar has come is because he is from Syria. Mm -hmm. He's from Syria, and there is war that has yeah. broken out in Syria, and his brother has chosen to go to war. His brother stayed and fought. His family is still there. No, his family fled to Turkey. But at first they're still there, and then they flee to yeah. Turkey. Um, and then he has chosen to become a refugee and leave. And Omar's gone to Scotland because he's also a, 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 a musician. He's a musician. I almost said magician. So he brings his, how do you say the instrument? Ode? Ode. It's like... It's like a guitar, mm -hmm. similar to a guitar, but yeah. in a different shape. Um, and he's in his previous life, I guess, in Syria, he was... It's kind a, of a big deal. A big deal musician. Mm -hmm. He was popular. Well, his grandfather was a real big deal. Right. He is kind of a big deal. He was very popular and social and um, full of life, and you would say, from his kind of flashbacks of yeah. that. Yeah, in his previous life. Previous life. I used to be happy. Yeah. To quote the movie. <laughs> what did I say? I used to be happy, and now I have cried so many tears, I have no more tears left. Yeah. <laughs> so as we quote the movie, part of their the group's cultural awareness assimilation class, they have to like do these like I used to statements, and that, maybe that's the Which first. Which sounds so depressing when it comes out of my mouth, but in the movie, it's actually a funny part. Okay, so let's talk about the funny parts. Part. The first part of this film, which is what the trailer kind of presents. This takes a somewhat, well, a very serious topic and, and, and a difficult situation for any person to be in. And it attempts to make it quirky. Right. Especially mm -hmm. the first half. I mean, it, at, right out the door when the movie starts is probably the quirkiest part of the movie. What's that? When they're dancing. Um, oh, yes. The teachers, if you will. Yeah. Well, let's put this. The individuals on the island, the Scottish individuals on the island, right? The two teachers that are teaching them Scottish ways, right? How to be Westerners. How to assimilate. Yeah. They come off as, like, out of touch and ridiculous. Right. 
Yeah. And there's, yeah, the silly sort of dancing. And funny. It they're almost, showing them how to dance. It's something. How not to offend a woman when you're dancing with them, basically. Well, it says, there's on the board, it says, cultural awareness 101, sex, colon, is a smile an invitation, question mark. Is a smile an invitation. And that's what they're teaching them is even if you're dancing with a woman and she seems happy that, you're, even though this is never talked about and explained, we know this, what the point they're trying to get at is. You're still not supposed to touch you their You cannot butt. make it, it, advances. You cannot make advances. And in their them. recreation, they do that and then. They act it out. They act it out and then all the people like us as audience members, the various refugees are all just staring blankly at like, what have we just Like, what seen? are they doing? No, and I would say this, part of that quirkiness, all of the Scottish inhabitants of this island, there's not many, there's only a handful of people from Scotland, right. Scottish individuals who live on this island, they're all, all presented as aloof, quirky, out of touch, judgmental, right? There's the young kids who like to do donuts. Oh, yeah. in the field yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're just like oh i think he's Racist, a terrorist oh i think judgmental. he's a rapist i think he are you not going to blow up buildings and rape people are you right um and he's kind of like just staring at them blankly like uh no like that yeah. was it wasn't a thought well, he's like, <laughs> they're like don't rape anybody okay and he's like okay i, I wasn't won't. planning on yeah. it <laughs> but but all that is quirky mm-hmm it's presented, and everybody, a lot of the individuals, refugees, they all dress like they're out of, like a quirky Wes Anderson or Napoleon Dynamite type comedy. Well, the the one, his, his good friend, the one who's his sort of friend, his partner from oh, Iraq. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? I was Maybe. gonna, in the film, I can look it up. In the film. Um, but the. Farad? Farad? The other Farad. two men are from where? Does it ever say where they're from? One is from Nigeria. Nigeria, from that's Nigeria. what I thought. Um, I think they're both from Nigeria. Yeah, they are. Because they came together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my point is, there's a lot of quirky jokes in there, right? And it's, it's touchy territory. Because who are you making fun of, right? It's easy to make fun of the... Scottish and no, well, it's easier to make fun of both, but it's easier to make fun of the Scottish individuals because, through the eyes of the refugees, well, because you're looking at it through the point of view of the refugees, well, so like, yeah, primarily Omar. I mean, yeah, so they do seem weird and quirky to and him. absurd and absurd and out of touch. So that's kind of what's portrayed in the movie is I think his point of view of these people that are trying to show him how to be Scottish. I don't know. Yeah, and part of a, a world that he can't even see because well, he's I think in part, limbo. Yeah. Well, I think part of the re the message it seems I'm taking is the way those actions behave, right? That they're these refugees are dehumanized even amongst the people who are trying to help them. Absolutely. That yeah. they don't see them as intelligent thinking individuals. Talented. And talented. They yeah, this is how they look at and treat them. So that was that explains that. But then I'm saying it's tricky if you're making fun of the 
refugees. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it ever really makes fun of him, but it, it's a fine line. Like, do you want to make Farad the Iraqi friend? He's kind of a caricature in a lot of the film, right? Mm. He idolizes Freddie Mercury. He semi looks like Freddie Mercury. Well, he says An we share a version. mustache. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He dresses funny. He's a little quirky. He, he has befriends a, a chicken. He has a pet chicken that he also calls Freddie Mercury Jr., um, he says kind of silly things sometimes. Um, but the refreshing thing about his character is that he is... He is the positive light. I mean, he, you know, he just, he's just going. He keeps going every day. He doesn't, you know, at one point he asks him, like, how do you do this? Like, we just sit here and we don't hear anything and we don't hear anything and we don't hear anything. And he says, well, I don't think about it. Like, I just, you know, he's trying to find comfort, right? Through the chicken, through the um, little routines he does mm -hmm. or whatnot. And that's also the weird counterbalance in part in the first half. There's these sprinkles of ex ex eccentric behavior and little jokes, right? Mm -hmm. Amongst what is a very, very quiet and slow plotting movie, right? Like, there's long scenes where they just, the camera sits on, on the, the landscape, landscape of mm -hmm. Scotland. And you hear conversations or you hear things in the background or the camera might move a moment slowly and then slowly go back into place right because again i think it's it's coming from omar's perspective where his he's just like staring blankly into this mm -hmm. vast land of nothing his limbo yeah basically so well there's no opportunity because he's not even allowed to work um he, he can't, can't work, work he can't do anything he has to stay until he and gets he his sees asylum. some people that have decided to work and the result that happens mm -hmm. to them. Well, they see, yeah, they see deportation happen. They see th these other, these things. And he's really just, it's sit in this flat that you're sharing with a few other people. Walk around the landscape. Aimlessly. And occasionally. Call, he calls his parents, like. We don't know the time I don't know of how things, often, but he calls but his parents occasionally. And that really, the. That's the most dialogue of the story. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like sets the sets the um, character development for him as his conversations, you know, his relationship with his brother and his relationship with his dad and his mom and kind of really develops his character through the conversations with his family, with yeah. his mom, basically. And that might be, like I said, I think some people might be going and expecting the quirky, like we did too. But then it it's, it but removes it's it removes that expectation quick. It does. The quirkiness kind of goes away, really. Well, it's I sprinkled. Mean, yeah. Uh, what's like his that, name, Farad? Farad. He remains quirky throughout. Yes. But. He's a little like said. If anything, he's a little like Napoleon Dynamitus. I wouldn't say thing. the movie is quirky though. Like no. after the first twenty minutes. No, out of 30 our podcast, minutes. I'm going to say this right now. Out of our podcast, we've done. This is the saddest movie we've seen. 
Absolutely. I think this movie was down like depressing and tragic at times. Absolutely. Um, I mean, could, it's just you're sitting there thinking, can you imagine this, you know, this being your existence? And that's what I feel about the movie. I feel so, so I think those long pauses where it's really slow, it's quiet. It's even like if you're not have a trained ear to even pick up on like thick Scottish accents and not even the Scottish accents. Everyone speaks with an accent. So you have to kind of just really kind of tune in and listen. Because the, the accents are thick. Mm-hmm. For everybody. And you have to, it's hard to understand mm-hmm. at times. And, and there's not long. Which makes it really authentic, I felt like. Yeah, and, and there's never long, no one has long speeches and conversations. It's no. more real conversations. Just like casual of conversations. A couple words here and there, a long pause, a couple more words. So it does set the stage of, hey, this is, this is limbo. There's just a lot of waiting, and you're going to wait along with us as mm-hmm. a viewer. But the movie does sort of um, meander. What's the word? like? Meander. Meander? It yeah. meanders? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of wondering, like, okay, where's this going? You know, Because that's the other thing. That's the other quirky part. He carries his instrument with him everywhere he goes because it's like a prized possession. He can't leave it anywhere. Well, it's his life. It was his yeah. life. And his well, it's not even his life. It's his identity. Yeah, it's it's everything to mm-hmm. him. It's how he identifies himself. It's how he made money, maybe, in his Well, it's also preserving system. his family name and his it's heritage in this culture. And his father has beat into his head over time. A musician who isn't playing is dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's not playing. Right. He's One, he has not, a cast on his he arm never plays. for the first half of the film. So he's not capable of playing. Right. But even when he gets the cast removed, he still can't bring himself to play his guitar or his instrument. Yeah. And then I think that's where to move along. So I think the first half you're watching this, you're like, eh, that's at least me. Like, "Eh, I don't know about this. It's all right. But there's nothing special about it. I think the second half of the film starts to turn into... I don't want to say masterpiece, but wow, exquisite strong. filmmaking to the highest order. Exquisite filmmaking and acting, top notch. Wow, you really feel great about this. Movie. The second half, I think. I I think the second half of the movie becomes at, at minimum much more powerful than the I first agree. half. Usually, I have more time to digest it. This time, I don't. But as we talk about it, I feel. Like you, you know, like the solitude and his point of view, and you think about his. Um, I mean, there's one in particular point we've said so much already. You know, just like in, you know, I'm making a parallel now. You ready for it? Yeah. Okay. Parallel um, warning. Just like in Minari. Mm-hmm. Minari mm-hmm. came to mind when I was watching this occasion. Right? Mainly when they was looking for he wanted a certain spice. So that's what I'm about mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. So in Minari, where you know spices and food are what make you feel most connected to home. Mm-hmm. You know, even as Americans, like when you're away from home, or you know when you go home to your mom or whoever you go home to, you that food or whatever you're used to eating growing up, and he is getting his mom's recipe for something and wanting to find the spices and whatnot to make the recipe. And he struggles or can't find because yeah. the, the grocery store is, is 
not it's even, not even, like it's a, grocery not even store. a grocery store. It's just like a little thing that's <laughs> also run. In the spices area, they have um, a box of bubbles. <laughs> like they don't even have spices. No, and he, and he asks him, do you have spices? And he says, I have ketchup, ketchup and, mustard. and mustard. Yeah. And um, so to me, the best part of that, do we even say that part? What? Sure. Towards, towards the end, he goes to the grocery store, and the, the guy who works the grocery store is of similar descent, I think. I think he's from Pakistan. Uh-huh. And he... Uh, Syria, yeah, Pakistan. ...orders the spice he wants. And that's really kind of the most emotion, besides when he's sad and crying, of happiness that you see to that point... Um, in him, and I thought that was a great, like, I don't know, that was, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie, really. Yeah, when I was... I really yeah. enjoyed well, that, that they did that. Yeah, that's what I mean. As the movie progresses into the second half, I, I, you know, I was asking myself, what is this movie about? Like, what is the purpose, other than showing a refugee, somebody sitting in limbo, like, waiting? Because it's really a movie about just sitting and waiting mm -hmm. for, like, your fate. Too and there's there's a, and and when you start thinking about like one's fate and when your fate, fate's like this something right it's out of your control your destiny, um, and you just kind of have to trust and have hope and. And at some point he questions like what what am I even doing why well that, did I even leave that's what you I mean know? when when you start really seeing, like, what is this Omar be even better than what Omar what is struggling with right have yeah. I made the right decision. I left my family. My family's been split up. I'm gone from my and country. My family's struggling financially and struggling mm -hmm. in other my ways. My brother is out defending our our way of life, our whole being, all that. Um, and as Omar struggles more and more with his situation, right? You realize that first half where everything kind of looks absurd and silly and quirky. Is just him making like he's just a, you know a foreign foreigner in a foreign land, right? He's trying to make sense of it all, and as he really starts to dial into his emotions and his frustrations, and really seeing the reality of their situation, because mm -hmm. there's this idea of like, oh, they say little things to the film. You can be anything you want to be if you work hard enough. And there's an ongoing joke about one of the Nigerians. He wants to be a footballer, right? And it's 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 like absurd. Like you'll never be a footballer, right? And Farhad wants to be a businessman and work in an office and have a suit, right? And you see people kind of chasing these dreams that really aren't the reality for them. Right. And as Omar starts to find the reality, what happens to this landscape that he's been looking at constantly, everything becomes frigid and cold mm -hmm. and dangerous dead. and dead. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, now, physically, this landscape, which is a character itself, just becomes unwelcoming and harsh. Mm -hmm. Like the world, Omar's realized, I've, I've, I've left from one harsh environment, environment and, and to another. To another. Mm -hmm. And this isn't a land of promise or a way out. And, and that's when you also, like you said, you start seeing Omar's emotions and his anger. And, and you find that it's a movie about... Coming not, to terms with... Well, coming to terms with your situation and not willing to let go of your past, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. I think, what was that quote you told me this morning about comparison? Comparison is the thief of joy. And Omar can't let go of the life he had prior. Right. 
Because at one point he says, I just want everything he's, to be back the way it he's was. constantly comparing his life with his previous life, which... Is gone. Um, right. Like, nothing he could do can bring it back because of the war happening in Syria. Like, that life is gone. His family will never be back together the way it is. Right. Him and his brother, which, you know, will never be reunited in that way. Have a relationship for multiple reasons. And he has to come to terms with that. He won't even play his instrument because he says it doesn't sound the same anymore. Because nothing. Because so, he's comparing. Mm-hmm. So unless he can come to grips with all that, um, he's doomed like like every, you know, everyone else that he sees kind of falling to the, you know, the hands of fate, if you will. So when you when I when all that started clicking, and you see, and the movie changes right from being like very, almost eccentric and quirky looking, to being very like they do a lot more close-ups, mm-hmm. like super close-ups. It's not these well articulated framing shots that look almost like well composed photographs. Right. They're like close-ups on people's faces. I think like Fahid, when he talks at one point, or like really opens up about his situation. Um, really it's like a, sh- it's a close-up face. of his face. You can see like every hair in his mustache. And yeah. I'm like, oh, he has one gray hair in his mustache. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the way they shoot the scenes change with the emotion of the, yeah. or the acceptance. The of- film becomes much more claustrophobic. Right. The second half mm-hmm. um, as well. Versus it seemed like wide open, like the world is your oyster and the pot full of possibilities. The second half, I started to also feel very constricted and confined. Mm-hmm. Just like, and I think Omar felt his world was closing in on him. In the chaos of the, you know, when he helps those people searching for the dogs and, or the goats the, or the, whatever The sheep or the for. goats get out. I think it's the yeah. sheep get out. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like this chaotic, harsh um, loss. Mm-hmm. Kind of lost in the landscape feeling. Yeah. Which is like the um, the climax. Epitome, climax oh, yeah. of the of the. What am I doing here? This is a harsh environment. I, I'm not gonna survive this environment. You mm-hmm. know. But and no one really seems to care if I do it or not. Right. Nobody cares, and he finds an example of that. Yeah, and so when the movie hits all those strides in the last 45 minutes or so, that's when I really liked it. And then you, you look, you reflect back on the first half where it's like the kind of quirky outfits, even things like there's an ongoing little bit about Friends, the TV show Friends. Right. All throughout it. Because they have um, one TV and they have um, all the past episodes of Friends, and that's kind of what they watch and they're trying to assimilate by kind of doing and saying well if you notice in the first half things which, of the characters which, which again, friends. maybe this is just me trying to like come to terms with the first half because tonally they're two different movies mm-hmm. the first half tonally is about um like getting there and the second half is sort of the dark reality of it all um but maybe it forgives me i'm forgiving it or maybe it's just a misstep in its intentions because you see it. Oh, they're consuming Western culture. They're consuming Friends TV show on burned DVDs. All they ever seem to be eating are things like cereal and candy bars. Right. 
So it's just maybe this, the first half is just a little bit more of, I don't even know how to describe it, but just more of the, the cliche Western staples. Like, oh, what does it mean to be live in Western culture, right? You right. watch Friends and you eat Easier. junk food. Um, and if it was that kind of quirky movie, A Stranger in a Strange Land, like Fish Out of Water movie, which is what the trailer presents it, I think it would have been fine. I think it would have been fine, but a forgettable film? It's definitely deeper than that. Instead, sure. it sheds that skin about 45 minutes in. And it's almost like the director, Ben Sharp, Sharrock, says, oh, I really want to make a movie about you know, the, the struggle of, of just being in this situation. There's right. none of that, the tough trials of becoming a, of being a refugee and escaping your country. No. Which is good. It's really just like, what does it mean to be in limbo? And, and how does that feel? And what are the emotions that are attached to that? And yeah. All of, um, all of the things that go along with that. And my last so. little thing I was thinking, like, I was thinking a lot like limbo. Limbo is like purgatory, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was even thinking of like Dante's Dante's um, circles of hell, right? Um, because purgatory is on like the the outer rim of those of, of those layers, right? Of of that. But as you get closer to to, to the circles, um, you know, divine, um, Dante's inferno. As you get further into the circles of hell, it gets colder, right? Um, it's super cold, and that's as Omar gets further and further in his limbo, in his situation, what happens? It gets colder and colder and colder and colder. Right. And like in essence, like Omar realized, like I'm kind of stuck in torment and hell, physically right. in this location, but then also mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, mentally and emotionally, you really see him transition um, from the beginning to the middle to the end, like you can. And then the big question is. Really feel his transition. Can Omar get out of it? What happens? Can Omar come through the other side? What happens? Who knows? Or even any of the other refugees. And that's the bigger question of what is. How do you deal with changes in life? How do you deal with hope when there doesn't seem to be hope? How do you let go of the past and comparison and move forward in your life? Um, and where does one's own identity and culture and traditions fall in that as well? Right. Yeah, for sure. So for those reasons, that I thought the second half was very powerful. You loved it. I, mean, I liked really, it a lot. I really liked the movie. I don't know if I, it's a tough thing. I don't know how much I would ever like watch it again. Right, 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 right. But that second half. I, I don't know. I, I feel there's a better way to do the first half is my only complaint on yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I liked it a lot. I, I would keep it slow and quiet. No question. I, I didn't mind the slow and quietness of it. I would say if you have teenage boys, take them, but don't expect them to like it. But don't not take them. No, it's not that to bring back to it. I think it's a good, um, it's good for them to see films. You know, I was slightly worried at the beginning because that's what I do. I worry. But then I was like, you know what? They they need to see films like this. Well, it's young people. It's other adults. It's so often we're trained. You, you mentioned in a previous episode. We're so trained. Like, I think Stowaway. We're so trained to think one way about film. Right. And this is truly a film just trying 
to, to say, to present the refugee story a bit differently. Um, but you can't expect teenage boys to get what we got out of it. No, but you got to give people a chance to sit with it. Like, uh-huh. I bring up with my teenage son when I made him watch the A24 film First Cow with me. Right. And that's a very slow plotting movie, which even in full disclosure, I fell asleep the first time I watched it. <laughs> and I woke up as it was ending. And he was like, oh, I really like that movie. And I was like, wow, I thought it was like super dull and slow. But it was like the next day he was talking about, oh, I like that. That was really good. And he, he sat with and thought about it. And then I would, went back and rewatched it and realized First Cow right, is like right, an amazing right. movie as well. But, but I think if we don't expose people, either ourselves or especially those with very one-track-minded views of film, mm-hmm. you got to expose people and it doesn't necessarily sit with them day one. And heck, it might not even be like day 24. You know, it might be day 672. Well, that's what I mean. I think eventually they look back on it and feel like, oh, like, you know, I went and saw this film when I was a teenager and... And now I kind of like appreciate what what but, it was. Yeah, and I think with anybody, that's that's the that's the point. Like, I think it's rare to really have a, a really good film. And again, there's difference, right? Entertainment versus like art and trying to actually say and communicate something. Right, right, right. Entertainment. If it's purely entertainment, popcorn fodder then the second that movie ends, you should have that emotion like, oh, that was really good or that was really bad. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. King Kong versus Godzilla. That's really good. That's really bad, right? Right. You should have that instant emotion. Films that are really good and really well made, I'd be suspicious of the second like it's over of, oh, I really liked it, I really didn't like it. Because it's like, no, you got to sit with it a bit. Definitely. You know, was I being manipulated by the filmmaker or was I... Or, or, or you know, how many layers to that? And I think this had a good many layers once you got past that initial first layer of this film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely was a different film than you yeah. thought you were going but into. But kudos to the whatever production house cut that trailer. I know, because it gets people in there. Yeah. Because if it, it showed the trailer for what it really was, I think you're... I think people would end up liking it that went to see it, but it wouldn't get as many people in the door. But I think that explains why it's bombing at user reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. They feel duped. But I well, think I this didn't was feel a, duped. I, 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 it was unexpected. This was a, I didn't pleasant, feel duped. a pleasant duped for me. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was a pleasant Mother's Day movie, I felt. I mean, it was a... Well, it's not a pleasant, it's super sad, I feel. I mean, it was super <laughs> depressing, but I, I love depressing movies. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also not a tearjerker. That's what's I, crazy I, about it. There's it, at no, no point no, I feel no, that you're no, going to... Never did I cry, and I'm a crier. Yeah, you're not going to get teary-eyed Never did film. I cry, but I felt for the character. But you're going to sit like, there and be like, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's heartbreaking moments in it. Nothing there, that's it's heartbreaking, but it's not a crier. No, no, no. It's not a crier at all. No. All right. This is good. This our beers is are good. empty. Yeah, they Sunday are. Sunday night's coming to a close. Let's uh, do our cheers to end this thing. Oh yeah. Remember? Our, we, always, our, we cheers at the end. Our empty cheers. Yeah. It just means <laughs> another successful podcast. I really enjoyed my day with you. Yeah, I enjoyed it with you. Thank you. It and was thanks. a nice Mother's Day. And uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, we had Hope fun. you enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. Um, if you're still with us, as always, follow us on Instagram. Um, greatest. Nope. That's my other, that's my no, other movie that's podcast. That's not it. <laughs> it is. It's called <laughs> is it? Night Before Movie. Is it that? It's Night Before night Podcast. Night Before Movie Podcast. Well, no. It, on Instagram, it's just Night Before Sorry. Podcast. Night Before Podcast. Find us there because Officially. we do let people know what the film is prior to the episode recording. Prior to what? Yeah. Prior to listening and to And if episode. you're looking for Limbo, I think currently Limbo is only available in theaters. It's having a limited run, but I'm sure it will pop up on video on demand rental services soon. Mm-hmm. Pretty darn soon. But, um, okay. All right. So thanks for chatting with me about movies. That was fun. We'll talk again in a couple days. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.